Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Joy. It's super hard for me not to be personally affected by this one. (laughs) I know it all too well. The joy that came after months and years, really years, of expectancy on the day that we adopted Joy. But Simeon and Anna had waited a lifetime to see the Messiah Jesus. Just two retirees sitting in the temple, resting their bones, because isn't that what you do after you've spent a lifetime of prophesizing and proselytizing. And two faithful and seasoned Jews who had waited all their lives for the Messiah, so why else would they get up in the morning? But did either Anna or Simeon fit that stereotype, really? In particular, Anna was an 84-year-old widow and a prophetess who never left the temple. She prayed and fasted day and night, and when she saw Jesus, she gave thanks to God. That sounds purposeful and kind of counter to the golden years of golfing and fishing, right? Author Neil Pashricha says that retirement is a Western invention from days gone by that's based on broken assumptions that we want and can afford to do nothing. If retirement is such a new phenomenon of the last 100 years or so, what to do if your life was defined by your occupation? What do you do when you can no longer work? Did it ever occur to Anna that Jesus' presence in the temple that day would be the beginning of the end? This week's scripture is from Luke 2, 36 to 38. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. In Okinawa, Japan, the average lifespan is seven years longer than here in the United States. Seven years longer is the average lifespan The other thing that's remarkable is that it is one of the places where the length of time is expanded for those as they're aging to actually wait until they find some kind of disability that comes upon their life. Okinawa continues to amaze, excuse me, it continues to amaze scientists who study the aging process And so they've asked the question, why? What is it about that particular location that causes people to live a longer life? 
Is it that they are know how to retire properly? So when they retire, there's part of that life that continues on and gives them a sense of well-being. Well, what's amazing is that there is no word in Okinawa, in in Japanese, for retire. It just doesn't exist. The concept that you would come to a point in your life where you would cease to work doesn't exist for them. Instead, there is a word that captures what happens for them as they age and as they are not able to continue to work to the full degree that they are accustomed. It's called ikigai. Translated, it simply means roughly the reason for getting out of bed in the morning. They don't retire. Instead, they have an ikigai, a reason to get out of bed every single day. In my mind, I imagine that Simeon and Anna, they had ikigai. They had a reason for getting out of bed. They had a reason to live. And as the text says, it was tied directly back to this idea of the coming of the Messiah. The text tells us that these individuals were older. Now, we, let's, let's just pause real, real quick right there. We don't know for certain if this is a historical fact or an event. There does seem to be some evidence that it isn't to be undertaken literally as a historical event that occurred in the past. And one of the reasons why is the names that are given. Normally in the Gospels, you don't get the names of people. The majority of the time, there's a descriptive element that is applied to them a leper, a widow. But in these two cases, they are actually named. So when an individual is named, it's almost as if the writer is saying, pay attention, and perhaps pay attention to the name itself. Simeon is a name of one of the tribes of Israel. And Anna, we are told not only just her name, But we're given her name, and when we're given her name, we're also told who her father was and to what tribe she belonged, and she belonged to the tribe of Asher. So both individuals, we are immediately informed that they are the tribe of Israel. And some people speculate that the reason that they are there in the text is to identify these two individuals with all of Israel. But now, if you were the writer of this gospel and you wanted to talk about these two people that were willing to welcome in the Messiah, why would you choose elderly individuals? And in particular, look at Anna. We're even told how old she is. There's two ways to understand the text. The first way is that she is 84 years old. The other possibility is that she lived with her husband for seven years. 
and then was a widow for 84 years. And if you quickly do the math, what you end up having is that if the average woman at that time married at the age of 12, she was married for seven years, 19 plus 84 gets you really close to about 105 years old. So why does the writer choose to have two elderly individuals be in this scene? Why not have two young people? I mean, today we normally think of young people as being more inquisitive and open-minded and more open to change. But this text chooses to introduce two individuals who are far along in life. Why? Because they are transitional agents. Now, again, think about it. Taking the story either as literally true as far as a historical event or not, it doesn't matter. Because what you have here is individuals who grew, grew up understanding the coming of a Messiah. That there were certain expectations that they had for that Messiah. But the problem was, when the writer writes the Gospel of Luke, these two individuals acknowledge Jesus and they acknowledge Jesus while the majority of their other individuals choose not to. Here they are, having been schooled in a way of thought of what the Messiah was to be, those expectations, and then along comes Jesus and all of a sudden, everyone else misses it but these two individuals. Instead of using young people as these transitional agents, instead, the text gives us two seasoned individuals who have an open mind to new possibilities, new ways of thinking about things. And that becomes their ikigai, the reason for existing, the purpose, the reason to get out of bed in the morning was their hope of a Messiah, a Messiah who would introduce the new possibilities of what it meant to be a human being. Today, I would propose to you that we need in our world, and in particular in Christianity, more Simeon and Anna figures. There is such an advantage to growing old. The problem is, as I continue on that journey, there are times when I wonder if that's really true. Because my body doesn't respond in ways that I used to be able to. There are aches and pains that would only last for a few days that now continue to linger. But I've also noticed that with aging comes two possibilities. 
that I get to choose. As I age, I can look back and look at what has been. And there are times when I can look at what has been and I can allow my thoughts to take me in a, in a way of remorse. To remember, as Bruce Springsteen used to say, the glory days. Or I can continue to look at the present and the future. A future that I may not even be a part of. But the problem is, the retirement world is aggressive in their marketing to us. They tell us when we get to be 65 or older that, well, we deserve a break, and we should step aside and let the next generation come and take our jobs. That we should go out and play and have time of leisure, that we really don't have a lot to contribute to society anymore. That's why you have the play and the leisure, because no one really is interested in what you have to offer. That's why 40% of individuals who retire have a tendency to end up in depression. They've lost their ikigai their reason for getting out of bed in the morning. That's why we need more Simeons and Annas in this world. People who have, over time, grown, not only physically, but mentally, who have all of this experience that has molded and shaped and carved them into the people that they are today. And then to be able to take that and to see the world perhaps differently than it's been seen before. That's why the writer of this gospel gives us such an amazing story. Two individuals who you would expect to kind of be set and stayed in their ways, these two individuals become the ones to recognize that the Messiah is coming in a way that was unexpected, and they're open to that. That's why we need the Simeons and the Annas today. This morning we did a podcast, A Closer Look, and in that podcast, we talked about a book whose premise is based on the idea that conservative Christianity and progressive Christianity are becoming further and further apart. And the writer, who is a sociologist, offers the idea that eventually progressive Christianity will either die off completely or it will become something else completely different. Now, if you're confused on what those terminology, how it's being used, for him, it's based on two theological ideas. If you believe that the Bible is inerrant, it is infallible, it is the Word of God, 
And if you believe that there is only one way for salvation, then you are a conservative Christian. If you don't believe that, then you're a progressive Christian. That's the terms that he has chosen. But he has said that conservative Christianity and progressive Christianity, that their values, their beliefs, what they stand for, their ikigai, why they get up in the morning, that they are so diametrically opposed to each other that the differences that exist are so irreconcilable that what basically we're having is a divorce. From its very beginning, Church of the Beatitudes has tended to be, according to that definition, a progressive Christian church. And according to this, we're going to die. Or a point will come where people will say, you're not Christians. But it's up to us, each and every one of us, to decide what the future really is. What it will look like. A large percentage of our members are retired. And those of you who are not yet retired, it's in your future, if you're lucky. So the question is, what's your ikigai? What is it that causes you to, to get up in the morning? And does that in any way tie back to this spiritual community? Are you willing to be a Simeon or an Anna? To be able to look at what has been, but then also anticipate what might be. Are you willing to become uncomfortable? Because growth and change is not always easy. But do you have an ikigai that is beyond yourself? Something that you believe in, that you want to be a part of. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that the hope of a world, that the hope of a Messiah might continue on. I think about Moses. Moses, according to the stories we find in the Bible, lived a, literally a roller coaster life with plenty of highs and lows. And Moses takes a group of people, according to the story, right up to the border of this new land. And he knows that he'll never be able to enter it. But he finds an icky guy, a reason for getting up in the morning. And that is to take people to that border so that they can cross over even if he cannot. 
we are at a place in the history of Christianity where we need people who have an icky guy, who believe that a different way of looking at God and looking at humanity impacts people's life and the quality of their relationship with other people that can make the world a better place. During the welcome, we talked about Christmas presents. Well, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to give this spiritual community a Christmas present. You. You. And if your icky guy ties into what the mission and purpose of this spiritual community is, if you're willing to look at new possibilities of being, knowing that you and I may never be around to actually see how it unfolds, if that is true for you, this might be the greatest gift you've ever given something that will last for decades. I hope you will find your ikigai, the reason for you to get out of bed tomorrow morning and the many mornings to come. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.